Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This week on Hometown Ghost Stories, Vicksburg, Mississippi, was the site of one of the most important battles of the Civil War. Although the ghosts of those who fought still linger, they're not the only ones. We take a look at a mansion originally built for love that would be repeatedly stricken with tragedy and death almost from the beginning of its existence. This is episode number 57 of Hometown Ghost Stories, Phantoms of Vicksburg, Mississippi. Tiffany took the dead air pods out of her ears and put them back in the case to charge. She was in the back seat of the family SUV, with her parents in the front and her little brother Justin fast asleep next to her. They were both in high school, and their father was making them waste half their summer going on a family road trip across the country. Hey honey, we're almost to the next stop. Her mother looked back and smiled at her. Trying to remain positive, she looked at her mother with a smile and said, Can't wait. A short while later, they pulled up to an inn in Vicksburg, Mississippi, a far cry from their house in the suburbs of New York. It was dusk, and their parents went to check in. Tiffany and Justin decided to stay by the car until they were ready to bring their bags in. While standing there, they were approached by a boy in his teens. He was wearing clothing that appeared older, but elegant. Part of a reenactment or something? Justin said as the boy approached. The boy stopped and smiled at them, but didn't answer. Sorry about my brother. He seems to have left his filter back in New York, Tiffany said to him. Just then, their father called to them from the doorway to start grabbing the stuff. After yelling back they'd be right there, Tiffany and Justin turned to the boy to finish the conversation, but he was gone. They both gave each other a nervous look, but brushed it off. Later that night, after returning to the inn from a much-needed dinner, Tiffany and Justin retired to their room after saying goodnight to their parents. Hey, where do you think that boy went earlier? Justin said. (laughs) Not sure, but you probably scared him away with that aggressive comment, Tiffany responded. It wasn't even that bad. You're being so dramatic. Hey, I want to go check out the cannonball stuck in the wall some more. Do you want to come with me? Justin said with glee in his eye to his sister. Sure, the Wi-Fi on my phone isn't working great anyway. Let's go. The siblings started walking down the hallway, heading towards the cannonball. Tiffany started feeling uneasy and realizing the place felt oddly empty. There were no sounds of people out and about or any noise coming from the rooms. As soon as they reached the cannonball, they heard a loud bang from outside the hotel. The brother and sister jumped and both instinctively headed outside. As they made it to the outside of the inn, they saw the boy again, this time laying on the ground, 
next to a rifle with blood surrounding him. Tiffany stood in shock while her brother ran back in the building yelling for help. As she snapped out of it, she ran and kneeled next to the boy. She asked him his name, if he was in pain, but the boy didn't respond. Finally, he sat up a bit and smiled at her before his head collapsed back to the ground. Annoyed that no one was coming out, she stood up and yelled out towards the building, Is anyone going to help us? Her brother emerged from the door out of breath and yelled to her, I can't find anyone. Then he looked a bit shocked and said while running to his sister, Where is he? Tiffany raised an eyebrow and looked back towards the ground. The boy was gone. The siblings looked at each other in complete shock. What the hell is happening, Tiffany thought. They walked back to the inn, and as they entered, there was the boy in the middle of the lobby, just standing there, smiling at them. I'm Rob Coakley, and this is Hometown Ghost Stories, Vicksburg, Mississippi. Vicksburg, Mississippi sits on the western edge of the state, and at one point, it was right along the Mississippi River. Originally built in 1719, it wouldn't be incorporated as Vicksburg until 1825. It was a major trade city because of its location by the Mississippi River. In 1876, through extensive flooding, it would change the course of the river and cut Vicksburg off completely. The economy would suffer greatly and it wouldn't be considered a river town again until completion of a canal in 1903. One of the bloodier battles of the Civil War took place where Vicksburg National Military Park now sits. Remnants of casualties and bloodshed are now all around the park, from the gravestones to the monuments and old artillery equipment. People who have walked among the gravestones and taken photos have seen orbs and even full-body apparitions walking amongst the columns of the dead. At the Texas Monument, there's a statue that sits beside a cannon. People have seen and also taken pictures of what appear to be smoke coming from the cannon as if it had recently been fired, which of course, it has not. The Pennsylvania Monument might house the scariest encounters that happen within the park, though. Within this monument sits five bronze medallions of each of the unit commanders from Pennsylvania. Some people have seen the medallions blink in their direction while staring at them. Even more terrifying, others have seen the five faces cry tears of blood on occasion. In 1840, 28-year-old John Klein would become smitten with a local girl by the name of Elizabeth Day, who was just 14 years old. Wanting to marry her and impress her parents, he set off to build her a house that he promised to give her as a wedding gift and construction began shortly after. In 1842, the main portion of the home would be complete, and John received Elizabeth's parents' blessings for the now 30-year-old to marry their 16-year-old daughter. After the wedding, he did exactly what he said he would do and gave the house to his new bride. It would take years for the entirety of the house to be completed still, but for the next year, the newlyweds would take a honeymoon to Europe to find items to furnish the house. They would even have custom pieces of furniture made for the house, and one would save most of the family's fortune 
but we'll get to that in a bit. The Klein's home would be completed in 1852, and the couple would have ten children. As were the times, not all of them would survive. Two would pass away in infancy. Another young daughter would die of illness in one of the upstairs bedrooms. Then in 1863, the Civil War would be fought in Vicksburg. The Union Army would then begin a siege on the city. During this, they would fire cannonballs daily, and Cedar Point wouldn't go unscathed. Several cannonballs would blast through the property. And to this day, one even remains stuck in the wall in the parlor. During this fighting, the family's fortune was in a safe hidden within one of those custom furniture pieces. Without this, they probably would have lost almost everything. After months of fighting, the Union troops would claim victory, and future President Ulysses S. Grant would spend at least one night in the Klein's house, where today you can now sleep in the same room and bed that he did. The Kleins would even name one of their sons William Tecumseh Sherman Klein, after the Union general that decimated the South during the war. You see, the general was related to Elizabeth, and the locals were not happy. In fact, they told Elizabeth that the son would be cursed. Years later, when he was 15, he would go out hunting with a friend. The pair would sit on the back steps of the property. Willie's friend then accidentally knocked over his rifle, causing it to discharge and shoot Willie. Willie staggered up the steps to reach his parents for help before falling down and dying. The family would own the property until 1919 when it was sold to the Podesta family. Their daughter endured a tough life dealing with mental illness. She was known to be in and out of mental institutions until one night she shot herself in the head in the ballroom of the house, ending her life. Later, the house was on the cusp of being demolished in 1960 until a theater group saved it and held plays in it for nearly 20 years. A private investor would buy it in 1981 and turn it into a bed and breakfast. It was recently sold again in 2022 and plans remain for it to be a destination place. Sometime within all of this, the graves of the family members of the Kleins were relocated. If you do venture to the property, you may come in contact with some of the spirits that still call the place home. John Klein is believed to stay in the parlor of his former home. Many visitors have smelled a tobacco pipe being smoked in the room, a favorite of John's. Elizabeth has also been seen throughout the house. Some have seen her walking the halls, and others on the stairs and in the rooms. It appears she seems to be going about the same routine she would do in her normal, everyday life. The ghost of the little girl that died upstairs has been seen throughout the house in various states. She's appeared as a sad, crying girl on the staircase, but other times, she's been heard playing and giggling upstairs. William, who was tragically shot, has also been seen and heard throughout the house and in the yard. The sound of a shot has sometimes been known to accompany his appearance on the property. The tragic passing of the Podesto's daughter has started some of the most terrifying of the hauntings. The ballrooms will begin to play music late at night and early in the morning, usually between 2.30 and 3.30 a.m. Airy on its own, it gets even scarier. Objects moving, glass breaking, and even the sounds of a gunshot coming from the room have been heard by staff and guests. 
The cleaning staff have also reported throughout the years of seeing objects and rooms moving on their own, and even the beds having indentations of people sleeping in them after they've been freshly made. Among all the family hauntings, soldiers from the Civil War have also been spotted and heard around the property. On top of being riddled with cannonballs and gunfire, the building even shortly operated as a hospital and morgue for soldiers during the war. Shadow figures have been seen outside of the property, as well as the sound of men yelling and screaming in pain. One guest even reported that her and her husband woke up one morning to see all the loose change they left on a counter, arranged in a straight line, and all of the pennies were face down. Perhaps a Confederate soldier on the property that still resents Abraham Lincoln. Cedar Point saw a tremendous amount of war, trauma, and tragedy almost from the beginning of its construction. This continuing through the century, as well as the remodeling of the home constantly, and even the disturbance of graves on the property, marks why this is truly one of the most haunted locations in Vicksburg, Mississippi. folks and welcome into hometown ghost stories episode number 57 and this one is officially our thanksgiving episode i suppose you could say so happy thanksgiving to everybody i'm jesse wilkins i'm joined here by rob coakley hello rob i am absolutely petrified every time i put a video together now and start including the patrons names at at the beginning or the end of the episode because i'm like so stressed that i've missed one yes uh, well We accidentally left Rachel out one week, and since then I have uh, lost sleep, and uh, I've been um, I've been scared. So uh, she (laughs) sent us death threats, and uh, and we responded by putting her back in the the list, and um, we'll never mess that one up again. Also, fuck Uh, you, Dave. Yeah, uh, I I could tell. I hear a lot of background noise. Dave, is that uh, is that your mic coming in way too hot? Hello, Dave, with the hot mic. What's going on? I have my uh, that's me. It's me. I have my heater going. I forgot to shut it off. Mm. But I'll yes, do please, that. please be cold. So see, this, see, this is this is why I say these things at the beginning of the episode. Like everyone thinks that we just have this vendetta against him, and then he does things like this and just absolutely ruins the production of the entire <laughs> show. And and it's always warranted. If I say it, it's warranted. Just so you know. I don't know if it's ever warranted, but uh, welcome to everyone who's hanging out in live chat. You guys have been hilarious through the entire uh, video there. So uh, if you're interested in joining the live chat, you can always tune in live every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But I see a lot of the regulars here. We have the Stephanie's. We have Kim, who was nice enough to tag a few people over on Facebook. So welcome to anyone that is new. She says that uh, this makes her want to go back to Vicksburg. I've never been to Vicksburg, but I would love to go. Catherine's here. Rachel's here. Uh Lily is here. I always has such a hard time reading your name because it's upside down and I have a difficult time reading that kind of stuff. I see Matthew T. Dale is here. Welcome in, everybody. We even have even better hometown ghost stories in the chat. So welcome in even better hometown ghost stories. <clears throat> I would like even better, ghost, even better hometown ghost stories to share a ghost story with us so that we can compare and contrast, to be That's fair. Right. 
But that if uh, if it is better, then then we lose, and yeah, then we have well. to like forfeit our name and all of our content to them. Like that's, that's I think we're not, we're not, no one said we had to throw down pink slips, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I live my life a quarter mile at a time, Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out to Brennan B, Captain McSlugs, other everyone else that's that's hanging out. If you guys want to join us again, Tuesdays nine o'clock, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch. So this is episode fifty-seven, and this is our first time in Mississippi. Yes, for an episode, which is uh, always exciting to get a new location. Vicksburg is a very haunted place, and uh, I had been doing my research on the wrong location in Vicksburg because I was like, oh, well, we're definitely going to cover the McRaven Mansion. So I did heavy research on the McRaven. I'm ready for McRaven, and we're not covering it and tonight. I, and I threw the giant curveball by not covering the most well-known story of Vicksburg because I want to save it. Because when I was looking up stories in Mississippi, I wanted to cover the coast because I grew up on the coast. I lived there from like 8 to 15. And um, I, w- I was looking at stuff for the coast, but then I came across some of the stuff in Vicksburg. And the thing that caught my eye was the cannonball in the wall. And I'm just like, that's insanity. Like there's they left the cannonball on the wall that whole time. So Maybe then I started to get it out. If, if a cannon puts something in your wall, it's got to be difficult to get it out of there. I mean, you cut around the wall, don't you? Like, it seems easy enough. I guess they but used it, to make but those buildings out of that, like, that super dense hardwood, and there's just a cannonball lodged in it, projected by an actual cannon. I mean, I'd probably leave it there, too. I would 100% leave it there. That is, awesome. I mean, it's awesome now, but, like, if it happened right now to you, like... I'd be annoyed normal. right now. Like, I don't have heat. <laughs> <laughs> Please stop shooting holes in my wall. <laughs> Please stop shooting holes in my ship. <laughs> uh, there's also, I mean, there's also more pressing matters like who is shooting a cannon at me at this moment and how do I survive? And please get the police over here at once. And pirates. Well, they knew who was shooting the cannons at them. That's true. So yeah. part of the Civil War, um, obviously, was there's a lot of history in that. Vicksburg has a ton of Civil War history as well. We were talking about it briefly in the patron pre-show hangout. But it, I think the numbers are somewhere around 20,000 people that had died in and around Vicksburg in the Civil War in a very short amount of time. So not necessarily Gettysburg um, levels. We did cover Gettysburg on a previous episode. So if you haven't heard that one yet, uh, definitely check that out. Yeah, nothing's on Gettysburg levels. But this was, uh, this was a good one. Vicksburg was, uh, was a big deal. It's certainly up there. Uh, I want to welcome in Solar Flare, who is here for the first time during a live stream, but caught up on our entire catalog on Spotify in a week. And that is impressive because, like we said, this is episode 57. But if you include side content episodes, that's well over 100 at episodes. Episode a million at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So going back to the Battle of Gettysburg, like everything that I found haunted for what we cover tonight has some sort of tie to the civil war um, between the house and the battlefield and the battlefield is terrifying. Like there's so many different things within this battlefield that's haunted that people either catch on camera and like different monuments doing different things. So we can start hitting some of those if you guys want. We can. I said we do it. So we start with history. Yeah. Catherine's asking if D overhauled my background. Uh, She did not. I just, just a different camera angle. And thank you, but no, this is this is my. Can you stop leaning into my frame, by the way? No, I got to show off the cool background. I just got a compliment on the background. I didn't get a single compliment on me, so I've now cleared out. My background is the. You have like two feet that you could move over. It would still be fine. Push, 
over. <laughs> now, he's, now he's in Rob's house. Now he's on my lap. It's very terrifying. This is not good for the audio listeners, just so you know. It's just, it doesn't work. It's not, it doesn't. I mean, like I said, the background is the star of the show right now and we're showing it off. But no, well, uh, this is good for the audio listeners. If, if, you, this if would, you ever hear like a, a like a blank spot with like, there's like nothing happening. You're like, wait, did my thing shut? Did my podcast shut off? Like what's going on? It's mm-hmm. always... Uh, worth it to come over and check the YouTube to see how absolutely hilarious we are, <laughs> or we think we are. <clears throat> uh, well, well-oiled mechanic Ian says, uh, "I feel like there would be a fair amount of sandpaper involved in repairing a cannonball hole." Rob, <laughs> should have never, yeah, should never told everyone. If you don't know about <laughs> Rob's irrational fear of sandpaper, that's enough to uh, make him vomit. Which is also, I wonder easy. if there is a phobia word for a fear of sandpaper. There's got to be. There, there has to be. So this haunted battlefield, instead of making fun of my phobias, which are a real thing. Zero phobia. It is zero phobia with an X. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds awesome. Zero. A zero a zero phobe, which is what Rob is. That's, and that sounds much worse than what it actually <laughs> means. Rob is a zero phobe. <laughs> Might be unable to tolerate holding a piece of dry sandpaper, but be perfectly comfortable holding wet sandpaper. Rob, can you do you have a piece of sandpaper handy that you could test this theory? Do you, do you think you I have under, sandpaper laying around? Uh, you, it's got to be somewhere in your house. Zero percent chance he has. Before any. next week's episode, I'm gonna deliver a wet piece of sandpaper to Rob, one way or another, and I'm, he's gonna hold it. And we're gonna report back on this. Oh, Ricardo, was that Rob? Ricardo says it was a machinist, not mechanic. Machinist, yeah. That sounds like it might be the same thing, but I'm obviously completely wrong about that. It's not the same thing. I hate this. I hate all of this. <clears throat> Let's talk. Can we, can we start over? <laughs> Is that okay? What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Home <laughs> Dave, Dave just finally wanted to, to do the intro. That was my first intro ever. How was it? <laughs> it was terrible. You stopped halfway through and That's asked how you did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What do we got going on next week? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Vicksburg haunted battlefield. Before I start, Pop having says, to drive my Pop says we need to hose down Rub's Ouija board. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about our Ouija board a few episodes ago. Oh, that I know. Had a texture of sandpaper. Texture. So yeah. if we hose it down, maybe it'll work better. Maybe it'll slide better too. It'll be able to Ouija a little better, you know. I hope to God, anyone listening, this isn't your first episode. We usually do start to talk about. If it is, it's also your last episode. So thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. It's been awful. Subscribe on Patreon. Get more content just like this. <laughs> And we have uh, once again succumbed to chat, which has derailed the show. Yes. Damn. All right. This haunted battlefield in Vicksburg, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to do a little screen share. Sorry to the people that are listening again. I just want to show some photos of the um, the graves that they have there. All right. I'm going to pop the uh, Bloody FM logo up here because this will probably be the last show before they cancel our contract. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing we don't normally see is like these parks that have insane amount of graves like this like the cemetery is like built right in oh that picture looks upside down is that just me oh that is weird yeah mm. what the heck is going on um like it's not upside down there. yeah it's just the top it's uh the, the bottom of the tree line i think yeah it's messing me up yeah so you can see like you walk around this this place and there's just these graves and everything which is crazy um and then people have seen apparitions and shadow people and stuff walking through these graves, which is, you know, always terrifying. I just think it's just so, it feels so out of place, doesn't it? 
Like, even though it is a battlefield, like, you know, it's like a, a national park battlefield. It's still kind of jarring to come across graves, I would think. Uh, it's Well, I guess. It's right. a graveyard. It's a national park. It's not a graveyard is, is my point. Oh, maybe. I, I mean, I wonder if is, is that an uncommon thing in national parks? No, no. Maybe. National parks is where they bury. If you have a national. Maybe national cemeteries. I don't know. I, maybe I'm, now. Now I'm confused. We're crossing into uh, uncharted territories. Mm. <laughs> All right. Anyways, let's talk about the monuments. Um, yeah, Rachel brings up the point. Makes sense, though, if people die there. Yeah, because they're just probably burying them on site, right? Like just as soon as they can. But there are two monuments here. One specifically that I found absolutely terrifying, which is the Pennsylvania Monument, which they have a bronze or, um, yeah, bronze medallions of the five Pennsylvania commanders that were at this battle. And people have seen them blinking, which is weird. Oh, that's cool. And others have seen tears of blood run down the face of these medallions. See, that's not the first time we've heard something like that before. Usually it's like um, a, not a stigmata thing, but like you see it on like um, where there's the, the statue of Mary mm-hmm. that cries blood. And I think there's a statue of Jesus also that cries blood somewhere. Yeah, so it's, it's not, always, not to, always blood either. Sometimes they just kind of perspirate. There's a, a pillar as well at um, – the location that I almost covered last week that's like seems to they call it like the I don't know if they call it the crying pillar or something like that, but they haven't really been able to debunk why it would just have like condensation on it or whatever. But yeah, this, so that's not the first grave that we've seen that's quote unquote crying grave. Mm-hmm. I, I believe the one in Savannah did too, right? Yeah, she cried as well. She cried tears of blood as well. Um, yeah, so if Sof says uh, metal figures, metal figures crying blood is called rust. Well, that's what I was going to bring up. Do we think that specifically because this is bronze, some of the weathering would cause this to happen sometimes? I'm sure that the weathering could make water dripping down it look more like blood if it's if it's something that uh, would rust. I don't okay. think bro- – does bronze rust? I well, I just mean – But so- I mean like if water was running down a bronze statue, it could look like blood because bronze is naturally uh- – a rusty color right right and that was the point i was trying to make like it just because of the coloring and stuff where like the one in savannah was just a statue there it wasn't bronze it was just a normal like sculpted statue and that's a little more jarring because the contrast against the coloring right where like mm-hmm. we said the bronze not red but it like has that reddish color i would say yeah, Solar Flare says the rust thing only works with iron thing. Might be right about that. We have a couple actual scientists in chat. Uh, so the, uh, could you guys weigh in on this, please? Sure. I mean, not, iron rusts the fastest, but lots of metals rust, not just mm-hmm. iron. So then we get to the Texas monument, which is a guy holding his rifle standing on a cannon. And people have seen – it's clearly not a real cannon, right? But people have seen it like – have smoke pouring out of it like it just fired that's like, pretty cool like people are seeing this thing and they've seen apparitions around it as well but it's just uh again something different right like just a whole different 
vibe that we're getting from this yeah this the smoke coming from the end of the statue cannon or statues uh musket or whatever his rifle that's mm-hmm. something brand new yeah and i was reading a bunch of different stories while i was um while i was looking into this about people that used to go to the national park at night when it was still allowed before they set the rules for dusk which a lot of parks have done now or <laughs> people sorry self's comment is pretty good what was it yeah so it says as a scientist metal figures do not have a cardiovascular system <laughs> thank you so that's why we have scientists in chat well done um, um brennan managed to bring up the titanic he says uh in that case there's a ton of blood circles pouring out of the titanic blood circles is what he was going for there blood blood circles yeah mm-hmm. all right can we get through like one this one story without uh without breaking every four seconds or i would like to talk more about the titanic actually if we have a minute <clears throat> all right go for it i didn't really uh called your bluff again do you want to introduce do you want to intro the show again welcome in everybody to another episode of hometown ghost stories this is episode <laughs> 57 we are covering mississippi <laughs> how was that was that better laughing throughout the entire thing it's awful you did better than I did because every single time I intro the show, I uh, have to think about what the show number actually is. So you had there was no second guessing. Third time's a charm, I guess. So if we uh, yeah, yeah. intro three times, we can get it nice and smooth. Uh, yeah, so that that's pretty much the battlefield that we covered. And like I was saying, I read stories of people that work there, people that used to visit this place, and they all talk about how terrifying it is, the amount of things that they've seen or felt. The feeling one always gets to me because, you know, are people saying that they see things because they just want to, get, to have a story? You know, like the the crying statues. Eh, I kind of, I lean towards not believing it personally. Yeah, I lean towards believing it because of the reason that we said is it could be water coming from. It also wouldn't be the first one. No, but that means you don't believe it. You believe well, that I believe seeing that, something, I believe, but you're debunking it by something. yeah. Right, right. So the feeling one, we, we've all had that feeling at some point somewhere that we've been to, and it's just been – so I, I understand the feeling, I guess. And maybe right. it's because I haven't seen what they've seen that I don't – that I lean towards not believing it. Like I think it's always hard to believe those things if you haven't seen it yourself, even though I want to always believe it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I give folks a benefit, benefit of the doubt, but as you mentioned earlier with the whole like – um how your feelings are or how, you know, you could kind of sense the energy shifting in a certain haunted location. That's something that you can't prove is or isn't happening. Mm-hmm. You can never fully debunk, like, who are you to say that they didn't all of a sudden feel this charge of energy or feel pissed off or sad at, at, at this exact site? And what is the cause of that, of that change in mood? And a, a lot of experts do call it back to, or, you know, they refer to that as being something paranormal. Hmm. So the uh, the battlefield is a very interesting place, and if we ever get to Vicksburg, as much as I want to go to the place we're about to talk about, I would like to spend the day, like not the whole day, but I'd like to at least go check out this battlefield and see some of these monuments and some of the sites of this place and just like kind of feel the energy there, if that makes sense. It does, and this is definitely sense. on a list of Civil War areas we'd like to uh We'd like to cover. Um, Brodad brought it up in the patron pre-show hangout about how important this uh, city was during the Civil War. And this is kind of the turning point. I believe it was actually on July 4th that 
battle was fought or something along those lines, but he seemed to have the details for us. Yeah. But it's obviously a very important city when it comes to the, the civil war. And there's a lot of history. It even go, I mean, obviously it goes back further than the civil war as well. There's a lot of uh, suffering and everything. And for a while, this city was not well off on its feet. It wasn't as established as it is now. So with the struggles and everything, and there was a lot of events that took place in the area. We'll go more into it when we eventually cover the McRaven mansion, because obviously I did my homework on the wrong location here, <laughs> but we'll save some of that for next time. You have a, you have a city to do in like six to nine months. If you wanted to, you have a whole thing to cover. Um, yeah. The fact that the, the Mississippi river was on the banks of Vicksburg and then just wasn't anymore is insanity. Like just the way that these things can change and how it changes the entire economy of the town, because now it's no longer a river town. Yeah. And obviously we, we've talked about um, things being or, or places near water being um, more. Being, yeah. Well, if it goes, yeah. If, if entities need energy to manifest, then there's, no bigger natural generator of energy than naturally moving water, which is why you see so many near uh, rivers. Right. Particularly. Yeah. The Mississippi river we've covered St. Louis. Um, and there's just so many towns along this river that are haunted, which is, which is, a uh, well, we're not going to, we'll, we'll definitely be seeing the Mississippi river in our future for more episodes. All right. 100%. So, we should probably start diving into the Cedar Grove Mansion. Let's do it. So, you know, different time frame, right? We have this 28-year-old who falls in love with this 14-year-old. Pretty gross. But 1800s, I guess, like, different time frame. So you, we have to look past that for now, unfortunately. Um, well, hold on. They just die so young. Like, like, marry them before she dies. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Fair. Um, so he fi- he finds this girl, Elizabeth. He falls in love with her. And he, his, the way he wants to show his love to the parents so that they allow her to marry him is by building her this mansion. And clearly it was around a lot of cedar. Like, that's how it gets the name, Cedar Grove, right? And now, two years later, they do get married. And what I found insane about this whole thing, other than, you know, the age thing, which is gross, uh, they go on their honeymoon for a year. They just go overseas for a year. And I know things are like harder to do. So like when you do something like, I guess, I guess like we're going to go overseas now and we're never going to be able to do this again. So let's just do it for an entire year is uh, crazy. Cause I can't even get out of, you know, on a vacation for three days right now. I know. Do you think maybe <laughs> we're just a lot busier than the, the people back in that time frame were? That's got to be it, right? <laughs> it feels like it, right? Like they uh, must not have had a ghost podcast in October. <laughs> yeah. That must be why they had so much spare time. <laughs> yeah, imagine having a ghost podcast in like the fall. It is, uh, it's a lot of work. Yeah, in the eighteen hundreds, like we have no listeners. Why? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you don't know what a podcast is? <laughs> Um, so yeah so they go over on this honeymoon and they'd use this opportunity to not only just go on a honeymoon but this is how they decorate their house and we've heard this from 
other people that uh, some of the other rich families that we covered where they'd go to Europe or something and they'd point something out. They'd be like, yeah, send that back. I want that in my house. And that's how they furnish their house to basically show their, their wealth off to other wealthy people. It's like, yeah, well, I got this in France and you know, this is the most rare marble in the world and blah, 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 blah. And they had a lot of custom furniture built and that comes into play later because he had a piece of furniture built with a hidden safe in it. And what happened was when the house got overtaken during the Civil War, they came in and we don't know the specifics behind what their actual loyalty was to either army. It seems like if you read into it, though, there was some loyalty towards the Union army based on hell they're naming their son after a union general that she's related to you know what i mean like right that raises some things but there was like this whole side story that i didn't get into of john klein being like this almost like robin hood like figure of the confederate army like he had like this whole backstory and stuff and they thought it was him the problem with that is he was like 48 years old during the the civil war so ancient it, so he probably actually, there's no record of him serving. If he was 48 years old, he was literally the oldest person in America during the Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he he wasn't probably serving, and there are no records of him serving. So it's... Well, um, we know about record keeping back then, and I do right. know that everyone was serving. And it wasn't like, oh, you're too old. They were enlisting, every, especially the, uh, well, if you're saying he's a union in the union, but like, no, no, the, he would have been Confederate. He would have been Confederate because of where he was. But if you're saying this family had ties yeah, to the union army, I mean, obviously he wasn't fighting in the union army, right. but, um, but yeah, and I, I would say that 48 years old does not rule him out of serving at the time. Well, it did unless he volunteered. So you, like, probably, you, vol- probably volunteered, but it doesn't look like he did is what I'm trying to tell you. It, there's no record of it. There's no, Every account shows that he was with his family during the whole time. Like Matthew Thomas says, we know the records were stellar back then. <laughs> so there's even records of like Ulysses S. Grant coming across the family and other Union generals coming across the family with him there. So um, also, let me give some credit to. to, to be, I mean, the, the, of course, there's records of Ulysses S. Grant. He was the general, but there might not be re- records of like every single soldier who who fought it. You know, even if it was for a short period of time. Yeah, but they still have documentation for everyone that enlisted for the most part. We're saying the same thing, kind of. That's okay, sort of. It sounds like we're saying different things. So I want to just give credit. I got a lot of my uh, information from SethParker.net. He's actually been there. He's a photographer, and he got a lot of the history of the story. And I also went back and double-checked a lot of it as well. But if you're looking for a great, like, condensed version of everything, go to South Parker, SethParker.net and look for the Cedar Grove one. So, Ian says, no Miller Lite this week, and I have no <laughs> idea what he's talking about. I've never drank Miller Lite. <laughs> uh, for everyone that was speculating in chat what I, what I was doing during that short monologue, well, for one, I wasn't calling out Rob for having a nice, beefy monologue there like he does every time that I rant for more than 45 seconds. Uh, I was I was fixing up a, a link there, so if you guys haven't already, um, 
You could donate to St. Jude 3000 Push-Up Challenge. It is a good cause, so make sure you guys go over and do that. That link might be broken. I just updated it. It should post again in a little bit. But that's what I was doing. All right. I was, I was, I was, setting up, I was, I was setting having up. a discourse with Dave. I wasn't monologuing. You were doing a great job, and and I like when people do a good job on the show, especially with a topic that I know nothing about, which I'm also you know looking into. So everything's good. We're professionals here. Mm. Why do we look so much alike tonight? I hate it. <sighs> you know, yeah, I do look like a slightly more handsome and younger, stronger, taller version than you. Mm. But you know, that's nothing new. Well, we know you're not taller than me. We know there's there's a height chart but, to the show. Judging by the cameras that people can't see right now. I am clearly the most tall person in the room. So okay. we can move on from that. Yeah. And fairness, Dave's the most tall person in his room as well. <laughs> Brennan says That's he's doing the 3000 push up challenge and he's very sore. I'll do it along with you. I got to get in shape here and a little exercise here. But yeah, again, make sure you guys uh, swing on over to that link and donate. We'll put it in the show notes as well for audio listeners. It's a good cause. So swing Jesse's going to go Hello. do 3000 push ups while Rob's talking about the next haunted location. Hit us with it, Rob. Well, we're going to stick on Cedar Grove because that's like the main story on this one that it just got interrupted so that you can do some push-ups for a good cause. All right, let's do it. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So we don't know if he actually was in the Army, where their loyalties were and all that fun stuff. But again, they named their child after a Union general that Elizabeth is some sort of distant cousin of. And the town is pissed about it. And fair enough, because Vicksburg was like, we talk about how it was an important battle and a turning point. It wasn't just a battle. Like they laid siege to this town, right? They cut off all of their supply lines. They were firing cannons and shots into all of the buildings that were here. Like that's why there's cannonballs in this house even though they became like a, an army, like they became like a hospital for the Union Army and stuff, this, this house was still getting hit by cannonballs. So it was everywhere else on the town. Right. They effectively tried to starve out this entire city. And they, um, once they overtook um, the supply lines on the Mississippi River, they right. basically tried to choke them out. Yeah. So like it's not just a bloody battle, but like just an all-around terrible battle based on what everybody in the town was going through right so once everything's over and now she has another child and she names him after a, a union general like yeah, I, cats out of the bag at that point right i understand why the town like would be pissed although i clearly you know agree with the union side of the battle if you grew up in this city or this town after you dealt with that and you're like now you're it's almost like it's getting rubbed in your face it's like, hey, I just named my son Union McUnion face or something like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, like, what do you mean? We just, we just liked the name. <laughs> we had this picked out before it was even a thing. All right. <laughs> we, we went to Unionville and rode the Union train. Uh, you've never heard of this place, obviously. <laughs> you're not as cultured as we are yeah so so this is union mcunion face so what year was union mcunion face born um somewhere time right after the war i'm crying in my eyes already. <laughs> it's the worst <laughs> um so they they name them after and like 
the town tells her that her child's going to be cursed. They, they go to her. They're like, you have laid a curse on this child by naming him this. And she's like, there's absolutely. Times have changed. Imagine like someone in your neighborhood bring brings home a new baby and you don't like their name. So you and the entire neighborhood just gets together and shows up to the house and be like, your baby is cursed. <laughs> I'm assuming with torches and pitchforks. And then they go home. God, I'm kind of upset that I didn't do this when all when you guys had all of your kids. Like just showed up to your house and gave you a baby gift and said your child is cursed and then walked away. Our curses haven't been doing what they're supposed to do. Dave cursed your your gaming chair and you recently just won so much poker that you won a seat at the actual World Series of Poker. The main yeah. event. The main yeah. event. Yeah, I get to congratulate go. Rob. Send him a message. Say congratulations because yeah. it's been a lifelong dream of his, and he actually got a seat at the main event of the World Series of Poker, which is a huge deal, and we're super excited for him. Granted, if he loses. <laughs> That's on me and my curse. <laughs> Finally. Uh, that's good. Uh, also, you better talk to the people at the World Series of Poker and make sure that Tuesday night you're free. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, only one of us is allowed to miss an, a live episode. <laughs> <laughs> on, the, on the week that they do it, right? Hey, I, right. Tried, yeah. I tried to tune in. You did. You did. It was real awkward. We didn't so, like it. <laughs> Brodad chimes in and says, uh, when Vicksburg was taken by the Union, the, confes- the Confederacy was uh, divided into two. So that's an interesting little piece of history for you there. No. So let's go back to this actual curse, not the not the reverse curse that Dave put on me, which we hope stands into. <laughs> Dale, says, Dale, says, Dale says, curse me next. <laughs> a, a custom curse for Dale's gaming chair. Dale, as long as you have a gaming chair, that seems to be uh, the extent of Dave's cursing abilities. So. Hmm. so Elizabeth's goal with her son is to prove everybody wrong. She wants him to grow up to be smart, educated, handsome, like well-mannered young man that grows into like a very successful man. And that's what she does. She lays out the guidelines for him to do that. And everything's going really well. And he goes on this hunting trip with his friend and they come back to the house and there's some conflicting reports of what happened. Basically either they sat by a tree or on the stairs and one of their guns discharged accidentally. There's nothing intentional that happened. There's no story of anything intentionally happening here. But one of their guns either fell and discharged or they were playing around with one and it discharged. And he tragically passes away on the property, either right outside the door or right in the yard there. And the curse seems to come true. That's why this is to be fulfilled, yeah. And this is the fourth child that they lose on the property. They lose two infants, which is very tragic, but not completely uncommon for the times. And they also lose another young daughter who is the one that we can hear playing in the upstairs room or sometimes looking somber on the stairs. But her presence is constantly felt around the staircase and in the upstairs. So that's one of the yeah. hauntings. What other ghosts do we have at this house? So... We have a lot of the Klein family that haunts the property. We have John Klein who smoked a lot of cigars. We get the cigar thing again. Um, but it's and he's more, the one that he's the one that built the house, right? Right. So he's the one who built the house. And you can smell that the the cigars in the parlor, which I believe is also where that cannonball is. So no one obviously is smoking in the house ever because it's 2022. And you'll get that smell. 
and his wife Elizabeth has been seen throughout the entire house. Basically, hers is more of a residual haunting because they see her going through like normal day-by-day tasks, just doing like what she did in life, right? Walking around, probably tidying up a bit, making sure everything's the way she wants it to look in case she has guests over or whatever. Um, the, the daughter we just went over. <clears throat> the cigar so, smoke would be a residual haunt too, though. True. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh-oh. So you, and, you think her, her haunt is more of she doesn't realize she's a ghost and she's just still going about doing her it, thing, not necessarily an intelligent haunt? It seems like the entire family for the most part is like that, um, including there's the daughter and for, the son. Sorry. There's, there's something for me that's like extra scary about those kind of haunts where it's just basically a tape recording of the same thing going over and over again with these ghosts mm-hmm. where they don't realize you're there. They don't realize they're dead. They don't realize they're ghosts. Like why haven't they been able to, to pass on and why do they still haunt that place? It's, it's something extra scary about that. I know like the, the real scary ones and the terrifying ones are the ones that are actually dangerous. Mm-hmm. Older guys, demon, uh, you know, demonic activity and everything. But well, I think you mean a scary, like for the entity itself, right? If you're trapped in like a perpetual, like repetition yeah that's eternity like mm-hmm. that's scary like what if you end up a spirit eternally bound and to I like just a have three to, second repetition eternally have to keep producing videos for <laughs> those stories every Tuesday. <laughs> you guys are just consistently sending me audio to produce i'm consistently telling you that you didn't record it loud enough this is my true nightmare yeah we actually basically <laughs> are, i might be in one right now yeah. <laughs> we just keep doing the same thing every three weeks <laughs> Thank you for joining us on Hometown Residual Hunt Stories. <laughs> yeah, we are a ghost loop. So I so to lay in lean against your point here and agree with it, we have an entire family that's residual haunting the house, right? Mm-hmm. But it never seems like they're interacting. So how terrible is it that like your entire family is within the confines of this house haunting it, but you're never interacting with them? So even so now in death, you're all there but you can't talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ian brings up a good point. Says, uh, my thoughts on residual hauntings are more of a replay. Like they're not really a spirit at all. And that's the other thing too, is like, are these actual spirits that are trapped on earth forever being punished by being in a loop of uh, producing episodes or, or tidying up beds or whatever it is that they're doing? You know, you right. hope that it's just something being replayed. Yeah, like it's just some kind of event that's being replayed in the house, just some sort of energy that's moving around. I don't really well, have the, a story the, the biggest example of this of the Andrew brings up the stone tape theory, uh, which is like the residual haunting theory, um, is the biggest example is Gettysburg, which was a Civil War battleground. And here we are on another Civil War battleground. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the theory, I feel like it's just as strong here as it was there. But we also have Civil War ghosts at this house as well, because... It was a makeshift hospital for Union soldiers. Like we said, Ulysses S. Grant stayed here. Now, I didn't see any indication that he was a ghost here because he only stayed here somewhere between one and three days. It's just when your house has somebody like that stay there, you are inclined to talk about it. Hell, we talk about the Oliver House where Benjamin Franklin stayed there. Mm -hmm. And it's a big point. his, His ghost is still taking baths with maids. Yes, which is a great residual haunting that I would like to um, have happened to me. <laughs> he did, Rob, just, his lifelong dream is to just take baths with Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> Benjamin Franklin's in a fucking maid outfit. Rob's like, finally. <laughs> <laughs> 
so the, <laughs> this, this building is is it's still a hotel, right? Like, or it's an inn. You can still rent rooms here. God damn it! Um, <laughs> you can still, so it it was an inn. It just it bathtubs. It was recently just sold this year, so I'm not really sure what they're going to be doing with it. Um, there, it's a it's a beautiful property. Like they do weddings here. They do like events here. So we're going to see if they continue to do stuff like this. Oh, you with can the stay. New I'm, I'm literally booking a room right now. Oh, are you? So, so I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to go, but yeah, it's, 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 I'm booked. at least, least going to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So yeah, that's uh it's still a place. It's still a place you can go to. It almost got destroyed, which is something that happens to a lot of these like mansions we've talked about from the 1800s, right? Where, these big mansions built for these wealthy families. We talked about it at the one in um, what's the one in Illinois? We talked about the manor there, Alton, Illinois. Oh, the, that's the a long time. Uh, McPike. McPike yeah, mansion. Was mixed something there. Yeah, the McPike mansion. It, you know, it's this big mansion, and then it falls into ruin, and it almost gets destroyed. Same thing happened to this in a theater company. Like it's the twist on this is like a random theater company started using it just to put on plays for like twenty years. And that's what we saw, kept yeah, it. We saw that, I believe, at the uh, Whaley House in San Diego as well. It's like a house that you look at and you wouldn't assume that a play could be held in there. Obviously, both relatively large houses. This one, I would say, is probably significantly bigger. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, you would assume that the crowds back in the day, it's, it's not like today where you need, you know, plays are being held at theaters, but, uh, or like bigger theaters, obviously. But so I, I guess they would probably perform for smaller crowds at smaller locations. Yeah, little local companies and stuff, but it kept the mansion alive until somebody bought it and turned it into that bed and breakfast. And like I was saying, we have the Civil War ghost there as well. It was like a Union hospital. So there are some sounds of uh, cannon fire outside sometimes, all kinds of stuff. It's a, yeah, it's a really cool location. It's interesting to hear like the similar, like the repeat ghost stories from Vicksburg that you hear from Gettysburg. Mm-hmm. Um, just the phantom cannon fire, the, um, the, the soldiers that you see, the, the apparitions of the soldiers and like all the residual hauntings, um, just the consistency between these two places is really cool. I think this is the only two, uh, towns that we've done that were civil war battlefields, I think. Right. I can't so think far, a, I believe right. so. Yeah. We'll, Random, def- we'll definitely randomly get had a civil war monument that's supposed to be haunted in the middle of nowhere that had nothing to do with the civil oh, war that was in, episodes uh, ago. Yeah. The Ogden, Utah episode, but there was no. Yeah, I mean, they had stations out there, but there were no battles fought there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, much more likely that a place like this with, you know, 20,000 Civil War deaths would be haunted by people from the Civil War. Mm. There is a lot of haunted, like, bed and breakfast in Vicksburg, Mississippi. I just want to know, are we going to cover the McNutt House? Because that's a haunted place in in, uh, in Vicksburg. Vicksburg. And I was so disappointed that we didn't get to talk about the McNutt House yet. No, we'll come, we can cover that next time. I do have a little uh, the Coon Memorial State Hospital, if you want to just hit on that real quick. Sure. So that was opened in 1830 as Vicksburg, Mississippi Hospital in response to a large smallpox outbreak. Investigators report witnessing a variety of unexplained paranormal activities such as apparitions, shadow figures, disembodied voices, and other strange noises. Others report feeling a strange presence as if someone is watching which is always the creepiest. Mm-hmm. Hate that feeling of being watched. Coon Memorial State Hospital is closed. That's why we 19- have a show where you guys can watch it. Yeah. <laughs> From a live audience. <laughs> Hates it the feeling of being watched. It was closed in 1989, sometimes also referred to as Coon State Memorial Hospital. 
So there's other stuff there, but I just wanted to hit on that one real quick. Mm, very creepy. Mm. So, but there there are other things in Vicksburg. Again, we're going to hold off on the McRaven house. That is one that I do want to cover in another episode when we come back to Vicksburg. There's just enough here that we can do more than one episode in Vicksburg. You know, oh, we always sure. say that, like, oh, we're going to come back and do this episode. And it, it always feels like we're never we're never going to come back and do the episode. But we do come back and do episodes. We've done Chicago twice already. Yeah, yes, and there's true. way more we can do in Chicago as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just might be a little more spread out than in the beginning of this of the show. We're we're uh, trying to hit more and more locations and spread it out a bit. For sure. We're going to cover Seattle. For those audio listeners that listen from Seattle, according to the analytics, Seattle's like our number one most listened to from city. So, so not next week, not the week after, but the following week, Jesse's going to be covering Seattle. He just claimed it. I like that. You gave away the week after to someone else. That would be my week. Yeah. Yeah. Rob, you're up next. Thanks Rob. Appreciate that. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I can't do any more episodes guys. (laughs) Falling apart over here. All right. Well, anything else on, uh, on, uh, what we've covered in Vicksburg's Vicksburg so far? No, but I do think that the Cedar Grove Mansion is is a really cool place. I'd love to go see the cannonball stuck in the wall. Uh, it's better it than looks, a rock. It looks really nice. I mean, the inn, um, I mean, it looks gorgeous. They, they've kept a lot of it very historical looking. They have a, the pool looks nice. The, the whole thing looks extremely classy. So it would definitely be a uh, more elegant stay than some of the other like haunted hotels that we've covered. Not that all. There aren't some nice ones out there, but some of them we've covered and we're like, I would only stay in this because it's allegedly haunted and it looks right. like you may leave with uh, having to get like a hepatitis shot or something. <laughs> so <laughs> this is one of the more classy looking ones. Definitely on the list. So have we made the decision? Are we going to do the side content live on Friday? We were talking about it earlier. Yeah, I think that's sure. the only option at this point, right? Yeah. So this Friday night, we will be doing a live side content episode on the Blood Countess, Elizabeth Bathory. And the crazy story behind her and the hauntings at the ruined castle now. She's a vampire. Legend has it, she's still out there vamping. Is that that what they call it? (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, she's still out there vamping, so be careful. But okay, so Friday, Friday, we usually do a little later on Friday. You want to call it 9.30 Friday? No. Nope. (laughs) <laughs> All right, 9.30 on Friday it is. Uh, we'll see you guys. Then. So no, what was it, 9 o'clock then? Let's That's not confuse the people. 9 o'clock p.m. <laughs> Eastern Standard Time, Friday right. night. Join the bonus episode, our Black Friday special. Uh, Pop says prayers for Peyton. And again, you can drop that uh, drop a donation, that link. And I think that'll pretty much do it. Let's give a shout out to our patrons real quick. Yeah. Uh, let me just pull up the VIPs. So VIPs, we have... Uh, Jeannie R, Jimmy H, Justin T, Lisa J, Mallory K, Mike B, Mom and Pops W, Steve, uh, Stephen V, Demon King as well. Thank you guys for being VIPs, absolute legends. Uh, Jake V, Stephanie A, Sydney B, Anthony, Angry Dave Rocks T, Brandon W, Captain McSlugs, Cody G, Kiralee J, Mark M, Matthew T, Mariah M, Papa Squatch, Rachel B, Sarah, Dave Loves Bacon R, and Sarah W, as well as Soph and Hooper. Special shout out to Casher as well. If you guys haven't already, his new album just dropped on all platforms. You can check it out on Spotify. House of Roses too. I listened to it. It's good. It's made me, made me cry a little it's bit. It's actually good. a absolutely, uh, absolutely banger, absolute banger of an album. So check that out for sure. So we'll be back on Friday. Bonus content episode. Black Friday special live stream. It's exciting stuff. 
Yeah, we're not going to go a, shopping. Yeah. No, I'm never doing that again. Did that once. It was cold. <laughs> it was very cold. So cold. And not worth it. I bought like four really crappy TVs from, uh, I don't even know if we went to Walmart or Target or whatever. And they all broke within like a month. I had to go return them and exchange them. Warranties. Who wants to use an extended warranty or whatever it is? Anyways, it was a terrible experience. I would never do it again. Not worth it. A couple of years ago on Black Friday, I was like, all right, I'm not going to go, but I really wanted to buy one of the cameras that I still use for this show, filming episodes. And I was like, ah, I'm just not going to do it. The next morning, instead of like staying up till midnight, next morning, I just strolled into Best Buy and got the exact camera that I was looking for. It was still on the shelf for the exact deal I would have got the previous night if I had waited in that line all night. Anyways, not worth it. Not worth it for the Black, Black Friday uh, shopping. That's my little story there. I hope you guys liked it. Do you have any other <laughs> um, shopping tips for us? <laughs> Cyber Monday. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll have some deals on the uh, Hometown Ghost Stories merch store. Merch I don't store. know. Maybe I don't we'll, know how we on, can. We make, we make 76 cents on a shirt. How we I, was about to say, I was about to say, maybe we'll knock it down, and instead of making uh, 20 cents on a shirt, we'll make 10 cents, you know, just for you guys. A little deal for Cyber Monday. We'll have to see. Oh, man. Let's All raise right. our prices for Cyber Monday. Let's, we'll get a deal. <laughs> what a deal. <laughs> Let's buck, let's buck the system. Yeah, all right. Uh, the show sucks. We'll see you guys uh, on Friday for a brand new episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate everyone hanging out in live chat, and uh, we will see you next time. Bye, dude.